your praises loud. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out. I will sing forever of your love come down. I will sing forever of your love come down. With my hands to heaven, shout your praises loud. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out. I will sing forever of your love come down. I will sing forever of your love come down. I'll sing forever of your love come down.
talked about last week that you inhabit the praises of your people. So Father, as you're in this room, that your presence is in this place, Lord, we accept that peace that is washing over the room right now. In the midst of whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're battling, whatever we're struggling with, that peace that we can we can feel tangibly right now, Father. We thank you for it, and we praise you for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Can we sing that one more time? And I want you guys to sing as loud as you can as we sing this once more. Lift your voices to the Lord.
she continues to play softly. I want, I want you to do me a favor real quick. I want you to just go to one person maybe that you don't know in here, that you don't know that well, and I just want you to pray a blessing over their life. Maybe ask them if there's anything that you can pray for. If, if there's not, just pray a blessing over their life. Will you find someone, just one person, before we transition into the message this morning, find one person. Go, go to that person. Just pray with them real quick before we get into the message this morning. Father, we just again thank you for your presence. We thank you for that peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you for hearing our prayers. And we thank you for the lives that you're touching even right now, God. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. And we just give you glory and honor and thanks for all you do in our lives and all you're doing in this church and all that you're going to be doing, God, anticipating even greater things. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jaden, for continuing to play for me. Sometimes God comes in like a flood and shakes things up. Sometimes God's presence comes in like the peace that we just experienced in this place right now. And as you're sensitive to the spirit of God, you recognize those moments. You don't have to work things up. God just moves and you respond to how he's moving. So I'm thankful for that presence of peace that we're, that we're feeling right now. And, and anybody else feel it this morning? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, just want to say how much I appreciate you guys here at Orchardville Church, how much I appreciate all of our volunteers that make everything happen through the week. You know, if we were to list everything that goes on every single Sunday, you'd be amazed at all the different areas, all the different places we have people plugged in. So I encourage you uh, to do that as well if you're not yet. It really helps you take ownership of what's happening. And when you see things happen and you see lives changed and you see ministries starting up and, and all this stuff going on, you say, I'm, I'm part of that. I'm part of that. So I encourage you, I thank all of our volunteers from the bottom of my heart, from all of them, everywhere. Um, thank you guys for that. And if you're not involved, please, please, please get involved because my goal was 100%. <laughs> so we'll keep talking about it until we get there. Appreciate you guys. Um, I'm going to start off a little bit different this morning. Surprise. But tell me if you can tell the difference between these two little scenarios. This, this door right here is going to be the start of my day as I come out. Oh, man, another stinking day down this stinking earth. Oh, I hate this place. The coffee's probably not even made yet. Oh, I hate my job, my family. My gosh, just, oh, just, man, I'm miserable. I dread going to work. I just got to sludge through the day, get through it, be done with it, and go home and be miserable some more. And just, oh, man, my life isn't... I don't even know why I'm here. I just, 
pointless. Just go every day the same thing. Well, see you later. Have a terrible day too. Oh God, I'm so thankful for another day. Man, I'm so thankful to wake up and, and have another day to serve you, Lord. I'm so thankful that I have breath in my lungs to continue to carry out your gospel message, God. And Lord, I know, you know things in my life right now don't look the best, Father. They're, 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 they're not exactly how I thought they'd be, but God, I trust in you. And I know that you're going to bring me through the stuff that I'm dealing with. God, my, my family's a blessing. I know we always don't get along the best, God, but they're such a blessing to me. And I thank you for giving them to me, God. Lord, I thank you for the job that I have, that I'm, that I'm able to provide for my family. And God, I thank you for every blessing that you put in my life. And God, when little hiccups come along the way throughout my day, Father, remind me that you're right next to me that you're with me and that you'll help me through all of this. And Lord, give me uh, peace in my situations. Give me strength to share your love with others. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are and I thank you for giving me life. Now, now what was the difference? There's one word I'm looking at that we're gonna talk about this morning. The first person, maybe that was you. It was me at one time in my life. The first person had no what? Anybody? Starts with an H. Hope. The first person had no hope. And that's, that's a sad way to live your life. Now, as believers in Jesus, we know that Jesus gives us hope. So as we go about our days as believers, as Christians, we have a hope that this isn't it. This isn't all for me, that I have something waiting for me in eternity, that Jesus paid the price on the cross, died for my sins, forgave me, defeated death, rose again, ascended into heaven, and I have this promise that I will spend eternity with him, and I have this promise that he's always, always with me, and I have a hope inside of me now, like the second person I was portraying. We have a hope. And that's found in Jesus. And this morning, I'm going to start a, a three-week series as we lead up to Christmas um, called Merry Christmas. Celebrate hope, peace, and joy. And this morning, we're going to celebrate hope. Amen? Amen. If you'll turn with me, we're going to start in Matthew 1, verse 21 this morning as we celebrate hope. If you're not a believer in here this morning, I love you. And God loves you. And you can have this same hope that we're talking about before you leave this place this morning. Matthew 1, 21. I thought I would lead off with a little bit of a, a Christmas scripture because we're about to go somewhere where that isn't real Christmasy after this. <laughs> and when I told Sarah this week, I was like, man, as I prayed and prepared and thought about this, I'm like, really? You want me to... Go over that scripture, that story. That's not real Christmassy. She said, you do what God told you to do. And I said, okay, I will. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about celebrating hope. We'll start with Matthew 121. It says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Love it, love it, love it, love it. We are celebrating this Christmas season, the birth of Jesus, the birth of our Savior. And this morning, we're going to talk about, again, celebrating hope. Now, in the Bible, there's another set of Scripture, um, another passage of Scripture, that uh, these two sets of numbers, you know, the chapter and the verse, celebrate hope, and they also give us hope. And in this version that I'm going to read here in a bit, there's 25 words in this passage of Scripture that begins with God and ends with life. And this passage urges us to do something so that we can receive our hope. Anybody know where I'm going with this? This passage has weathered all kinds of storms for more than 2,000 years, and it's still weathering all the storms today. It's the answer to every question. It's the solution to every problem. And if you've never read the Bible, you need to start right here in this passage we're about to read. If you feel like you know all there is to know about the Bible... Just stop it. <laughs> but if you feel like you know quite a bit about the Bible, you need to return here. And this scripture tells us that God loves, 
It tells us that he gave. It tells us to believe. And if we believe, we will live and not just live like we're living today. We're going to live for eternity. This, this passage that I'm going to read is the entryway into our heart and it helps us understand the heart that God has for us. And we can believe these words this morning. You can believe these words in your life or you can dismiss them. You can ignore God's calling on your heart or you can embrace it. We all have a free will. We all have a choice. And I want to read this passage and you guys are all familiar with it. But during this Christmas season and, and really all year long, we need to understand what God did. John 3.16, surprise, surprise. And for those of you that are counting the words, is there really 25? I know you're out there. If you're in the New King James Version, there are 25. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a hope that we have. Jesus being sent from heaven and born of a virgin through the power of the Holy Spirit and again dying on the cross, going to the cross, lived a perfect life. Going to the cross, died for our sins so that we can be forgiven. We can, we can come into communion, relationship with God through Jesus and then spend eternity with him. That's the hope we're talking about this morning. Now, the not so Christmassy part of the rest of the message. Let's go to Mark chapter five. Are you guys with me? Are you sure? Yeah. Dalton, you with me? All right, brother. Mark 5. We're going to get through 1 through 20, I hope. And if you have a little heading over this passage, you know, oh my goodness, he's talking about this as we talk about Christmas. Mark chapter 5, and we'll just start with uh, 1 through 5 first and stop and talk about that. So here we go. I promise it's going somewhere. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Merry Christmas. But I want to pause right here and, and, and talk about just, just about everything in this situation screams unclean by Jewish laws of that time. This is not a place where you would find, you would expect it to find Jesus and his disciples they were in an area filled with Gentiles. Um, this demon-possessed man was living in what we would call a cemetery. And to top it all off, there's a herd of pigs nearby. This is not where you think he would be with his disciples in this moment. But that's what's so great about the hope that Jesus brings. Jesus went places to minister to people. He went to some places that just didn't make sense. Because Jesus was the hope for this man in this story. He was there to transform his life. Not only to transform this man's life, but to bear witness to, for, for this hope for all other people that were around to see this. This hope that we have that bears witness to everybody we come in contact with. And God may lead you to some places and to some people that don't make a lot of sense and it may even surprise you, God, you want me to do what? And you want me to talk to who? Be obedient. Because the hope that you carry can be the hope for someone else as well. We have to be obedient. Those trust him, follow his lead, and share this hope we have with others. I, I also want to point out that this man, right here in this story, this is, this is why I wanted to talk about this. So we're celebrating hope. We're talking about the hope of Jesus. This man right here was without hope. He had no hope. He was left alone by himself, shackled, chained. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. Possessed by demons. Hopeless. If you're just reading this story, you, 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 and 
and you're not a believer, you think this guy's a goner. I mean, this guy's, there's no point. You should just give up on him. And everyone around there did except our hope in, in that we find in Jesus. Jesus didn't give up. And, and also remember this, this man was chained and, and he was breaking these chains. But I want you to remember something. The devil himself has his own chain. He has his own chain. So the one who often binds people is actually bound himself. You hear that? The one that uh, would torment some people uh, to be possessed, you know, some, some people that aren't believers, he also has a chain and he's bound himself. He's already been defeated. All the more reason to share this hope of Jesus with others. Verse 6 when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. I guarantee you the devil hated this moment. Man, I've got this guy. And here Jesus comes, and this man, who nobody wants anything to do with, who's just evil and howling and making all kinds of crazy sounds, and he's a crazy person, and this man possessed runs and bows down to Jesus. No matter who you are, you could be the most saintly saint they're ever sainted. Uh, or you can be the vilest, meanest person, but I'm telling you right now, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. We can either do it now and let him be the Lord of our life, Oh, we can do it at the judgment seat. And by that time, for those that are unbelievers, guess what? It's too late. It's too late to grab a hold of that hope. So no matter what was, what was inside this man, no matter what he was dealing with, it still had to bow down and recognize the hope and power of Jesus. Let's go on, verse 7. With a shriek, he screamed, and I thought about trying one today. I just can't. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. So this demon screams at Jesus, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? And I'm sure as he shrieks this out and again, I could do it, but I'd probably do it a discredit and make you guys cry or laugh or something, but... This shriek probably carried some fear with it, some defense, and some rebellion against God. And for those of you that don't know, this is still a thing today. And I don't, I'm not trying to scare people, but this is a reality right now in America. There are all kinds of people right now that are walking around demon-possessed that are unbelievers. Now, some of you in here is like, no, no, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen a grown woman, it take five men to hold her down because of the demon possession inside of her. That's real. I'm telling you, there's spiritual warfare. There's things going on that we need to understand the reality of. And there are people walking around without hope. No one would want to admit that they're demon possessed, but... But how many people in the world are like this demon mentioned here in Mark? How many are screaming at God right now? How many are screaming at the church to shut up? Yeah. Know your place. How many are screaming about the Christian values that we are trying to instill into our kids and speaking against them? How many are screaming at God? How many are, are screaming out the same thing, that why are you interfering with me? Why, Christian? Why, church? Why are you interfering with the way the world is now? It's just a new thing now. We can do whatever we want. Why are you interfering? Get away from me. Get out of my life. Leave me alone. Why don't you just give up on me? I had people tell me that. When I try to message and encourage, why don't you just give up on me? You know what I say? Not happening. Because Jesus didn't give up on me. And no matter how hard I tried to run the other way, no matter how much sin I was involved in and the, and the things that I was doing were not good for me, Jesus didn't stop pursuing me. He wanted me to have that hope 
that's found in him. And I will do that for the same, the same people that are telling me right now, leave me alone, just give up on me. I'm not going to stop. You shouldn't stop either. But I've tried 52 times and keep going. Maybe the 53rd, they give their life to Jesus. Don't give up. But we've got our world screaming, let me do what I want to do. And when people are rejecting Christ, they are putting themselves at risk to whatever the enemy brings upon them and the destruction that comes with it. And we all have to ask ourselves this question, do I choose to live with no hope and head down uh, this path of destruction? Or do I choose hope found in Jesus and let him lead my life, let him forgive me, let him restore me, let him fix all the broken pieces and let his peace and freedom reign over my life? And again, the answer has eternity in mind. Verse 9, then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. The evil spirit said its name was Legion, and Legion was the the largest unit of the Roman's army, consisting of 3,000 to 6,000 soldiers. So this man was possessed by many, many demons. Yet he still bowed down. Verse 10, then the evil spirit begs him again and again not to send them to some distant place. And and as I read this, I I ask myself, why do you think he makes this request? You know, first of all, what guts it is to, you must have to just ask Jesus, please, please, please don't send me to this distant place. You know, I'm a demon, I know I'm bad and everything, but please don't send me to some distant place. What guts that had to take? And... This place where this man was was considered a heathen place, so maybe he just felt that all the demons felt comfortable there. Like, we have a freedom here to do what we want to do in this place. Don't send us somewhere else because we may not have that same freedom. And I'm sure they didn't have many limits on themselves in a place like that. Verse 11, there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down to the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Watch here. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. The same man that we started in verse one that's living in pretty much a graveyard cemetery area, cutting himself, nobody can restrain him, howling, screaming, is sitting there now next to Jesus, perfectly sane. The hope of Jesus to change a situation. We get scared of people that walk into church sometime, let alone legion, But God can take anyone's situation, instill the hope of Jesus in them, and turn their life around. Doesn't matter how bad, doesn't matter how bad we think they are, Jesus changes people. We're all, we've been given testimonies in here. We all have testimonies about how Jesus changed us. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town. I talked about that surrounding countryside. Where did I leave off? A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened, let me back up. Why do you think they were afraid, you think? Maybe because you just sent our livelihood off a cliff. What the heck did you do that for? Or maybe because everything that was going around in that area they were comfortable with and he was changing things and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone verse 18 as Jesus was getting into the boat the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him but Jesus said no go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been so the man started off to visit the ten towns of what of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him and everyone was amazed at what he told them. Everyone was amazed 
at what he told them. As I go out about my route of life and I talk to people and I share with them what God's done in my life, people are amazed. When you go around and you tell people, you know, my testimony is not the same as yours, yours isn't the same as mine, but when we share it, people, they can be amazed at what God's done. But there's a key thing that you have to do in there, you have to share it. And we talked about testimonies, but we have to share this hope that we have. And when, when Jesus brings this hope into our lives, it draws people to us. If I walk around like somebody that's been changed and the joy of the Lord and the peace of the Lord that will hit on the next couple of weeks and the hope of the Lord is in me, people will see that and they will notice and they will ask me, why are you the way you are? That's a pretty big question for me. But I can say I have the joy of the Lord. I have the hope of Jesus in here. That's why I'm the way I am. That's why I walk around with this joy in my heart and this happiness in my soul because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And it draws people to you. When a miracle happens, people want to come and see. You know what? When, as, as God's moving and doing more things in our church and people hear about it, they're going to be out here. And again, I'm not about church hopping. That's not the kind of growth we're looking for. We're looking for unbelievers to say, what is going on? What happened? What happened? What happened? Lois Street got up from her chair and practically jogged to the front last week? Yeah. <laughs> she did. And God did what? God healed who? God's doing what? I, I want to see. I want to be a part of that. They want to know about that hope that we have, and then we have the opportunity to share it with them. There's nothing better than when you get done talking to somebody and sharing about what God's, you know, not even jumping into the gospel yet, but just when you share with somebody what God's done in your life and they say, tell me more, inside I go, woohoo! We're going to get another one, Jesus. Inside, that makes me excited because they're receptive to what God's doing in my life. And it's hard for even people that say they're atheists or, or whatever to, to hear that and deny that God exists when you share your testimony and you share this hope that you have. And when people see lives change just like this story, they can, they can barely believe their eyes. I can't, you know, if I were to go back to all my high school friends, which we're due for a reunion, I'm sure, and say, I'm pastoring a church now, they'd go, whoop, <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yeah. Man, God's really changed me. <laughs> Sorry about not showing you about him earlier. During my high school days, you know, when I went to church and I acted like I was who I was supposed to be. Sorry about that. Maybe they're watching this sometime in the future. I'm sorry. But people can sometimes barely believe their eyes when they see change in people. Actually, some people even deny it. Like, no, yeah, right, whatever. You'll just fall back eventually. You'll keep doing what you used to do. Outside people and church people do that. Anyway, only the Son of God can bring this kind of hope. But instead of rejoicing, the people in the story were terrified to be in the presence of one with power to perform such a miracle. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, we don't need to be afraid as followers of Jesus with whatever he wants to do. Because God is still the same God as you read about in the Bible. Now, I know some people believe all the healings, all the gifts of the Spirit, all the manifestations of the Spirit, that was for way back then. That doesn't happen now. That's baloney. And if you don't know about it, study it. How do you gain knowledge? You ask, you ask, in wisdom, you ask God for it, and then you get in your word and you start breaking it down. And as you, you know, I think for some people, and this, is, this word sounds mean, but it's just ignorance. It's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of getting into your word and realizing this stuff is still for us. And, and, and last week we had somebody just take off in a, in a little run. Just had some freedom. Now, I'm sure we had some people in here understand that, man, I don't know whatever was going on in her life, but God just freed her. Enough for her to be able to run and just shout. And others were going...
but, but, and she's not here, but she won't care. I don't. But when you understand she has something that she's dealing with, you have something you're dealing with, and when you feel that weight off of you, lifted by the hope in Jesus, you may want to run. You may want to shout. Who am I to say, don't you do that? Stop. I don't know what she's been through. I do, but I'm not going to tell you guys. But don't sit back and criticize and say, what a bunch of wackos. Until you get into the word and you study what it says and you understand that it's still available for us today. You know, I... God does not bring confusion. So I I promise you, as you study, if you talk to me, you talk to some of the deacons, you talk to some of the teachers in the church, you talk to your spiritual fathers or whoever that is, and they will give you understanding. They will help you understand. There's nothing to be afraid of for where God wants to move in your life and in the church. It's not. Don't, Don't get so, church has to be this way, this way, this way, and then we go home and that's it. No, man, it, it, It's been long enough that we've walked around in a powerless church, not just here, but everywhere. The church not operating in all the power that we can operate in. It's been long enough. Because as as we step back and and hunkered down and and shied away from things, the world and the enemy is just rising up. And here we are. Oh my gosh, look what's happening around here. This is crazy. But I'll just sit here and keep being a good boy and girl in church. We have to step up with authority and say, this isn't right. This should not be happening. Do what you want to us, but we're going to stand up for Jesus. It's got to be that way. And that starts within each of us, knowing who we are in God, knowing the identity, knowing the power and authority that we can walk around with and operate in and not be afraid of. You know, I've had youth group members tell me, why wouldn't we want everything that God has for us? I said, good question. We should. We should want it all because it's biblical. Okay, I'll stop for now. God changes us and he gives us hope in the midst of every single day. The praise team will come back up. Celebrating hope and that hope that's found in Jesus during this Christmas season. I'm not, I'm not sure why God me had, had me go right there just then, but we have to walk around different. We have to rise up and take a stand against everything that's going wrong in this world right now. We have to let people know that this, this isn't it. There's a hope. There's a peace. There's a, there's a strength you can have in the midst of what the world says is right right now. We can stand up and say, no, it's wrong. And you don't have to follow the flow of everything else that's going on. God has set us apart to be different. And we have this hope in us. Proverbs 23, 18 says, There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. And I came across this little list as I was reading this week, and I love it. And as we head into 2022, here's why I will continue to have hope in Jesus. Anybody have hope in Jesus in here? First of all, Jesus is my Savior. That gives me hope. Second thing, if you want to go ahead and start softly playing, the Bible will still have all the answers. Still has all the answers. Another thing, prayer will still be the most powerful thing on earth. Prayer changes things. As you talk to God, he moves on your behalf. Not, and don't get in your head, I want this, and God moves. His will be done. Another thing, the Holy Spirit will still move. If we let him. He will still move. God will still honor the praises of his people. We've seen that. You understand that as you praise God, he honors that. He inhabits, he moves, he changes people. There will still be God-anointed preaching. Oh my gosh, I thought I'd get a, I thought I'd get, 
there'll still be God anointed preaching. That's a, that's a hope that we have because of Jesus. There will still be singing of praise to God. God will still pour out his blessings upon his people. There will still be room at the cross for anybody that wants to come. And Jesus will still save the lost when they come to him. That's not going to change. I still have that hope as we go into 2022. All these things are still going to happen because of the hope we have in Jesus. And I know as I stand here today that God is still in control. The word of the Lord endures forever and I can celebrate hope this Christmas season and every season because the hope of the world was born at this time. And he was, he is, he always will be the savior of the world. I celebrate that hope today. I encourage you guys to celebrate that hope today. I, and I encourage you this morning, if you don't know the Lord as your savior, get to know him today. Bring yourself down to this altar. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, that you've been walking around kind of feeling like I did in that first, like, oh my gosh, everything's so bad. You need to remember the hope that you found in Jesus at one time. And if you need to rededicate to him, say, Lord, Lord, I, I, I just missed it along the way. I've just, I've just walked away some. I want to give my life back to you. Then do that this morning. If you need healing in your body, God still heals. If you just want to be overwhelmed by God's presence because right now you're just really stressed out, God does that. So if you stand this morning, let's focus in on him as we worship. This is, this is some of my favorite time on a Sunday morning is just ministering in the altar. Because all I do is pray what I feel God lays on my heart and then God moves. And I love seeing people's lives changed in the altars. I love seeing people weep as the, as the peace and the love and the joy of the Lord overwhelms them. This is a sacred place. And there's a reason that we call it the altar. There's a sacrifice that happens. There's, there's a tough step that happens as you get out of your aisle and you walk forward and you say, Lord, this is yours. I give it to you. So this morning as we worship, I just want to pray and then we're going to open the altars. Father, I thank you for who you are. And God, I, I celebrate, we celebrate the hope of Jesus during this Christmas season. We celebrate that hope, God. There's hope found in you. And Father, in a world that is totally against you, Father, here in Orchardville Church, here in our communities, we want to be a pocket of people that rise up and stand for what you stood for and walk this earth like you walk this earth, Father, sharing the gospel, sharing the love of God with people. And Lord, I pray right now, if you're working on somebody's heart, Father, they would come to know you this morning. Lord, our, a heart that needs to be rededicated to you, that fire and that passion that needs to come back in, Father, I pray right now that they respond and come to this altar and pour it out to you, God. And Lord, we open these altars for healing, for miracles, for deliverance. Whatever you want to do, God, we are vessels that we want you to flow through, Father. I praise you and I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship this morning.
You. Will-